Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to One Up Delivered Through the AI Podcast channel. I'm your host, as usual, Guy, and Carl is with me as per. How are you doing, Carl? Not too bad, guy. How about yourself? I'm I'm, I'm too hot, <laughs> and not in like a good way. I am really warm. I I do. I'm not built for warmth, Carl. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's 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 a bit of the the weather is a bit heavy at the moment. To to put it lightly, it's it's uh, it's not the the nicest when um you're like I mean it's it's grand if you've it's a weekend you want to be down at the beach or whatever but when you're stuck in your house you know doing work it's it's uh, it's not great <laughs> it really is and because we're doing something that is needing audio I can't even put my goddamn fan on <laughs> um I well I will figure out a way over the summer to aim it through like two rooms so it keeps me cool but it doesn't come up on the bloody microphone but that is future guy problems um so, Carl, we're here, I don't know why I said here like that, uh, we are here um, to, pretty, I, I don't even know if this is part two of an E3 preview, because E3 is pretty much going on now, but we're kind of just doing almost live updates and, and stuff that's broken the week, and some more events got scheduled and more information came up, so we thought we might as well do, we'll tr- every, I'm going to say every show, we're going to try and keep it shorter than the last one, but no promises. Um, because obviously listening to a two-hour show during the event, it might be a bit pointless, but we'll get into the stuff. So, Carl, the Gorilla, Co- the, 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 the Gorilla Collective was uh, Saturday, I think you said, and there was a shit ton of games to put it in its um, collective state. Um, we've kind of picked out a handful each. I mean, we can't really go through every game because... We can't remember all them games. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. um, do you want to go through your one of yours first, and we'll zigzag? Yeah, so my first pick that stood out to me was Source of Madness from Carrie Castle. Now, the game's a, a roguelite, which obviously is a very popular game genre these days. I mean, re- recently uh, we had Hades, um, which is a, a kind of industry darling. Um, but for me, this game stood out because of its its art style. I mean, it, it seems to take place in some sort of castle, and you've got a lot of different monsters and creatures to take on, and they all have, you know, they they, they all really are, are eye catching, um, in terms of how they're how they've been drawn and and created. So, I mean, it, it helps the game 
stand out in because as we were talking off air beforehand and as you were saying there seems to be a lot of 2D platforming games with, with their own spin and you really want to be able to stand out from the crowd and I, I think this game certainly did with its with its art style so I mean it's caught my eye so I'll be keeping an eye on this one and, and when it, it comes out I, I certainly might give it a go Yeah it certainly looked interesting I mean you you did the heavy lift of this watching the entire event. I, well, I'm, I assume whilst doing other stuff and like in the foreground, and I just had this on in the background. But yeah, I I, I just kind of hauled my way through um, trailers this afternoon in a in a YouTube thread. But no, this one did look interesting. I think the fact that I mean, is it a platform or is it like as you say, Returnal, Hades, one life, one go? Type crack. I don't know what you call them properly. To be honest, uh, at the time I thought it was uh, Metroidvania based on on the trailer, but it was only afterwards that Mm. I I read it's it's supposed to be a roguelite, which is a bit daunting to me because um, I I do tend to have trouble with with, uh, roguelites and and, uh, roguelikes because... Um, I, I hate having my, my progress reset uh, by death and having to, to repeat things I've already done. Um, I'm not as good at 2D games as I once was, you know, in, in my younger days. So it can be a bit of a struggle. But I, I, I think, I'll, I, as I said, I will keep an eye on this one. And if kind of previews and such and, and reviews once it comes out are, are strong, um, I, I may well be tempted to, to give it a go. Yeah, what was interesting? What what stood out to you, guy, in, from the trailers you watched? Everyone will know this. It's not Stardew Valley, but it looks a lot like Stardew Valley, and that is Tinker Town. Um, my only sadness here is when I was looking up uh, the trailers and stuff. It seems like it's only on PC or coming to PC in the near future. So hopefully, it does come across to console. But I mean, it, it looked like a. It looked like a cross of Stardew Valley, a bit of fighting, in there, a bit more fighting in there, and it looked co-op as well from what from what I, from what I saw. There were certainly multiple characters in there. So if you had a if you build off stuff that's successful in Stardew, then I know I know that I think there's multiplayer on um, Stardew now. But if you build around that and widen it up a bit, I I, I think games like that. I think people go into games like that just thinking it looked crap. But then they play it, and then they fall in love with it. Because one of, one of my mates was like that. He's like, this game looks crap. And now his, him and his girlfriend are playing that like more than I ever did. <laughs> so I think it, I think that has the potential to be one of them games. So if that ever comes on the console, uh, it'll be one I'll probably pick up straight away. Because, I mean, I, I love myself some Stardew Valley. I won't lie. No, we know. I think it, maybe not every show... But I, I think every couple of shows, oh, yes. Stardew Valley somehow creeps into the discussion. So I, I thought of you when I saw that yes. one. I thought that this, this if Guy is watching, he this is going to have caught his, his eye. So I'm not surprised that's not your first pick. I just love these types of games. I mean, yeah. But what what, what was your second yeah, so my second pick was Industria from Bleak Mill. Um, it looked to be kind of an old school first person shooter inspired by Half Life and, and Bioshock as the, the developer stated. And I mean, 
right there are two of my favorite single player focused first person shooters and that line alone is, is going to catch my my interest and i mean looking at it i like like the game looks dated in that like it it, it wouldn't have looked out of place on like the, the ps2 or the or maybe the pc back in that era but for me that's not that's not a bad thing i i, I think obviously that of course it is a, it's a, a purpose approach that they've taken uh, in regards to the visual style and i really like it because it 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 screams half-life to me um so not not only is it does have that inspiration in terms of the the gameplay but it also seems to have it in in terms of its appearance um but it it seems to be a, a shooter in which you're fighting against robots and there seems to be this big mystery as to why the robots are running rampant and your, your, how your player character is linked to that and, and how they kind of discover that as the game unfolds. So um, I think this is one I'm definitely going to check out because, I mean, as I said, Half-Life, Half-Life 2, Bioshock, they're, they're among my favorite first-person shooters of, of all time. So, I mean, it, it would be criminal of me not to, to give it a go, give it, given its inspirations. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of Wolfenstein, maybe just like a bit of Wolfenstein, <laughs> which sounds bad, but I do agree. I think if something is <clears throat> on purposely a throwback type game, I think it can work. Obviously, if your aim is to make a beautiful product and it looks a bit potatoy, that's a problem. But no, this certainly looked like it, it suited the um, almost, I don't know what's the word, deliberate, like slow paced type shooting thing. Obviously you see him looting and stuff like that and it looked what's the game? I don't think it's it's not online obviously but like you see games like Escape from Tarkov and stuff like that where looting and being in a world and stuff like that it just seems to add another dynamic to games and if the story's good there I think, I don't know, cross between Tarkov and, and Wolfenstein and a bit of Half-Life and stuff like that as you say, it could be a sleeper game. I mean, it might not attract the general audience what people are looking at nowadays, but it's certainly one that looked interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say it's it, there's a difference between a game looking bad um, because of negligence on the developer's part and, you know, uh, um, a chosen art style. Um, I mean, there's plenty of first-person shooters on Steam um, that are horrendous-looking and are just complete lazy development. But this, as we said, it, it's it's certainly showing its inspiration on its sleeve. And, and we've had that in the past with a lot of Doom clones, like a lot mm. of games that have taken inspiration from Doom. But I, I don't feel we've seen it too much when it comes to other shooters. Um, so for me, that's, that's really intriguing. So I'll be very interested in seeing how it turns out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my next one, let me just try and get the pronunciation right. Lamentum? Thanks, that's how you pronounce it. Sounds good to me. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, And if it is incorrect, do correct me. Um, Lamentum, I said Castlevania looking game. Um, It was one where he was, it was like a 2D thing and he was on about curing his dying wife type thing. And it looked like the Castlevania setting of the series rather than the game. Um, And yeah, it just looked interesting to me. I think Normally, <clears throat> normally, this event probably isn't tailored to something like me. But if if there is something 
interesting in the art style and so on. This is probably my version of Source of Madness that you mentioned as your first one. The art style and I, I like those. I like little dialogues and stuff and like that. Like it reminded me of. Oh, it was a different art style. What's it called? What is that Square Enix game called? That's on Switch. Octopath Traveler. That is the one. Uh, it kind of I like I like games like that, and I need to go back on that. But yeah, this looked like interesting. Like these types of games, like probably even the other ones were gonna. These like for me are probably perfect on Switch. This is probably where this is where I want Switch games, apart from Tinkertown, because I just want that everywhere. Um, so yeah, I think this one looked interesting. It'd be interesting to see if the story's quite deep or if the gameplay's fun, etc. But no, this one looked quite interesting to me. Yeah, I actually almost included Lamentum on my own list, but I wanted to, to keep it down to five. Um, so I'm really glad you, you brought it up. Um, it, it does look really interesting. Um, I, I think almost if you kind of put a little bit of creepiness into it, but not like that the, like not necessarily horror, like not that the focus is mm. on the creepiness, but almost that the creepiness is a, a sideshow. I, I, I tend to really like it. So it, it caught my eye for that reason. Um, so similarly, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on it to kind of see when we get to see a bit more of it um possibly once it comes out and um, because it could well be one that i i decide to to play at some point absolutely uh, and what's your next one so my next game is zodiac legion from studio draconis um it's like a tactical rpg looks very like the banner saga and while watching the trailer i was wondering if it was the next game um, kind of a, as a follow-up to the Banner Saga. Turns out it's not. It's from a different studio. Um, but it, you know, the the influence seems heavy here. Um, it, I think it stated um that XCOM is um a direct influence mm. for the game, which is another great kind of tactical game. Um, but I, I think that it screamed Banner Saga to me i mean it, obviously the banner sagas with uh vikings whereas this seems to be kind of with knights and wizards but other than that it, it seems very much uh, a similar game in, in many ways but that's that's not a bad thing i mean imitation is the the greatest form of flattery and if you can put a, a slight twist on on an existing concept it can it can often turn out to be a, a masterpiece of its own so this is another one that I'll, I'll certainly be keeping my eye on is there a is there a story connected to the i'm, I'm watching it in the background because i actually missed this one somehow but is, is there a story connected to these games or is it like just random dungeons and stuff like that um, I I think like you, there's a loose story that you know you are the Zodiac Legion and um kind of something when pe- people got uh, careless let's say in the world and and therefore evil was allowed to run rampant type of thing and now you've got to get out there and stop it you know it it seems very loose story wise but I mean the, that's not necessarily a bad thing with this kind of game because they they tend to be really gameplay focused and yeah. you, know, you, you often don't want to distract from that. Yeah, I was just checking because it's that like um, me and my mate before he had to go work overseas, we finished uh, Divinity Sin Two and we were playing Wasteland Three. Obviously, this kind of similarish, probably they're more. Uh, story based and these seemingly but it'd probably be one we'd probably play if it ended 
Most of these are probably Game Pass games, <laughs> if they are to come to console. So yeah, if they ever ever do get in that situation, I'd probably play this type of thing. Yeah, but potentially. Um, I mean, get, Microsoft is certainly making waves to, to get a lot of more indie games on Game Pass. And I know there were some Xbox um, icons before some games in the showcase. Um, so I'd imagine chances are they will be coming to Game Pass. Lovely. It's probably all the ones I don't want. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, my next one um, was Run, Die, Run Again, which I think they described as a survival platformer. I think I'm right in saying that. Um, it looks similar. I can't remember the name of this bloody game. There was another one. I think it was the last E3. It was like uh, it was another one of these where it's like a first-person platformer type thing and he had abilities and stuff like that. Pretty sure it had Ninja in the title. Um, I will look it up in a minute. But um, this one looked quite interesting. Because like, I think there's platformers where they're obviously 2D side-on stuff. A first-person platformer thing, I've not really, outside of like time trials in Titanfall, not really something I've done with, but they do look interesting. They can be... Um, quite fun. I did the Titanfall 2 time trial quite a lot um, and I was still bad at it. So stuff like that, if that's hashed out and done well, I, I quite like the the idea of a game like that. It's just keeping them interesting, I suppose. Yeah, no, I think it was probably Ghost Runner that you were, you were thinking of because I, I got those vibes as well. Where did I get into um, from? <laughs> Yeah, I get, well, he does look like an intro the character, so that's that's probably where it comes from. Um, but no, I, I, um, I, this game actually caught my eye as well, and it, it kind of gave me Mirror's Edge vibes, and yeah. you know, I, I quite enjoyed Mirror's Edge. Um, I can't remember at this point if I played the follow up or not. It's it's kind of a blur, but I certainly played the first game because I, I got it uh, bundled with a, a replacement Xbox when my first Xbox 360 broke down, so um, you know, it was free of course, I was going to, well, free per se, obviously I could have chosen another game in the bundle um, but it was a really enjoyable game and it's just something different you know, a game that's not necessarily combat based and is more kind of platform based and in a 3d setting rather than your traditional 2d platformer so for the same reasons mirror's edge would have caught my eye way back when Mm. this game caught my eye because again it's not really a focus we see for games still um it it is a rarity i think when you see a, a first person 3d game generally there's a lot of action involved yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is your next one? So my next game is Kraken Academy from Happy Broccoli Games. Love that studio name, by the way. So the developer who introduced this game indicated that it's Zelda Majora's Mask inspired and also 90s anime inspired. And it's an isometric action rpg that's focused around a school uh, seems to involve time travel to avert the the end of the world at the hands of a giant kraken there was a character in it that that really gave me a master roshi from dragon ball z vibe so Mm. we can see where that anime 
inspiration is coming from. Um, and it, it just looks like a quirky idea for, for a game. And the, and the graphic style, well, not necessarily unique because we've seen a lot of similar games in, in recent years in, in terms of appearance. Um, it, it still is one that's uh, aesthetically pleasing for, for myself. So uh, this, this is one that I think I'll definitely check out. I mean, did, did you catch the trailer for this one at all? Yeah, and I just refreshed myself in the background while you were speaking as well, but I did watch it earlier. Um, yeah, I do like these types of games as well. It, sometimes I think it's hard to make these types of games unique, but kind of what I said with um, Stardew and Tinkertown, I think the main hurdle is getting on that game, and then when you play it, it's like, this is the greatest thing ever. So I, if I ended up on that game, I'm sure as hell I'd enjoy it. So yeah, I, I, I kind of see the I see the appeal. I think everyone played like probably 2D games like that, or 8-bit games like that when when there were kids on like the Cartoon Network website and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think games like that are a proper throwback. They really are. Um, my next one, and I describe it as Little Monster Hunter, was called Ultra Age. Um, this was kind of me struggling to find games I like because I didn't want to just come in here and just talk about yours. But now I think this was one that I'd probably... It looked fun, but I mean, Devil May Cry, Monster Hunter type thing against big bosses, maybe getting a bit, if it's not a mon- Monster Hunter, it might be getting a bit too oversaturated, but yeah, it looked interesting. Yeah, that, that was actually my line of thought when I saw this one. I, I just feel that that's uh, these kind of third-person action games. While at one point I would have loved for kind of more Devil May Cry type games because I do love that series, it, it just feels it's, it's been overdone in, in recent years. Um, and I, I think really when you when it comes down to it, you can kind of get your, your fix of these, these sort of games elsewhere with with the likes of of monster hunter and the like um but it it certainly had a a nice visual style to it and Mm. um you know maybe it'll be a nice little bite-sized uh kind of offering of of this genre uh, which could be interesting in terms of a smaller title yeah, I can't imagine any of these games being too huge, so maybe if you want a bite-sized bit, or even if you prefer, hopefully there's another Monster Hunter World game at some point. Um, and it, maybe a bite-sized nice intro or something like that. Uh, but what's your last one? So my last game is Azure Striker Gun Vault 3. Now this is from Inti Creates. Now this is different than my other picks in that, like, obviously it's, it's not a new game. Um, it's a a sequel um, and it was actually announced back in March of this year but it shows that even someone like me who checks gaming sites on the the regular and follows a lot of gaming news Twitter accounts doesn't catch everything because I wasn't aware that this had been announced um, for those who are unfamiliar the Azure Striker Gun Vault series is very much a, a Mega Man inspired series um, obviously Inti Creates worked on some of the later Mega Man games, and then they they went on to to create their own inspired series. Um, so this is the third one in the series, and it's coming out later in the year. And as a fan of the series, I'll be certainly picking this up at some point. Yeah, these kids. When I when I saw this, I was like, 
that's a Carl game. That's not a me game. That's one for Carl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't even like uh, Mega Man type games when I was when I was a kid. To be honest, so it's never it's never one that's uh, too, maybe because I was shit at them. <laughs> I think I put what was it like them sites mini clip. I think it was one called Metal Slug or something like that. Fucking hated that game. Um, but yeah, it was uh, if, if you like them like, types of thing, um, and if you're familiar with the series, obviously. Check that out. Um, the last one for me was, and I described this one as feeding frenzy on mushrooms. Um, Eternal Cylinder. Um, it was the ones with the little alien things that evolved if they went to different areas, interacted with stuff. Um, it, I I just like feeding frenzy games. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that one picked that one. Um, tickled my interest. I'm going to actually Google this if it is on because if it comes to console, I will be getting this Eternal Cylinder. I'm pretty sure it is coming to console because I, I think this was revealed last year. It might have yeah. even been the previous year at um, E3. I know it was, uh, it's been a while in the, in the works. Um, and I, I remember, I think we talked about it back then when it was first revealed like it's a it, it's a cool idea like we've seen obviously um games with evolving monsters in the past <laughs> that the likes of spore and stuff but there's an and, xbox symbol we yeah got it. <laughs> it was confirmed for ps4 xbox one yeah. and microsoft windows when it was um initially really announced um, I think it might be a timed exclusive to the Epic Game Store as well, if, if I recall at the, the time, um, uh, PC-wise. But um, yeah, it's, like I mean, obviously, survival games are quite popular these days. But th- this seems to to take its own take on the genre, mm. um, with you playing this this weird alien creature who's just trying to survive on what appears to be a, a dying world. Exactly. Um, so I, I think it's definitely one that catches the eye for me as well. I'm so happy that's coming to Xbox, dearie <laughs> uh, <laughs> me. But that is it. I mean, if you if you had any other favourites, do feel free to tweet us. We'll, we'll have a chat on Twitter as we usually do. Um, or if you any any of the things we uh, we mentioned, I'll just check them out. Really, um, Carl, we do have news before we get into the rest of the E3 stuff. We couldn't. Uh, discussed last week because it wasn't scheduled or more infos came out about them but we will do the news and some of it is pretty self-explanatory but there is info in there because you've knocked it up yourself that's why the the source is Carl Wilkinson but um, (laughs) first one I mean literally about an hour and a half before we started the pod Battlefield 2042 was revealed Yeah, so EA and developer DICE have revealed the next installment in the Battlefield franchise, Battlefield 2042. The title will see the series return to a futuristic setting for the first time since 2006's Battlefield 2142. The game is set to return to the series' roots, with the focus placed completely on multiplayer. The game will support 128 players on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S and X, and PC, and 64 players on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. The game is set for release on October 22nd, and a gameplay reveal is set for June 13th. So what were your thoughts on the reveal? It looked very battlefield <laughs> uh, <laughs> And that is the only way to describe it. I think 
I think we mentioned it last week, or probably haven't in, in past podcasts that aren't seven billion hours long. But I think we've both agree, regardless of how big Battlefield fans are, I think Battlefield 1 was good. It was a nice way to go back. World War One, I, I think that one actually was. But then Battlefield 5 was just a bit crap in comparison. Like It wasn't as polished as Battlefield 1. It wasn't as good as Battlefield 1. And the World War Two thing was getting, the World War thing was getting a bit stale. So, it, it it's the right decision for them to go, um, well into the future, more than anything, pretty pretty much modern day, um, and adding in that it's multiplayer only. I think if anyone who's played Battlefield One and Battlefield Five that did those. I can't even know what they call them. They did the story things, which weren't really a campaign. They were like just a set little snippet of a campaign for different characters, wasn't it? Like I, I enjoyed some of them, but I would just say I'd never really experienced it as a campaign. And I say that I don't think I've ever finished a Battlefield campaign. I know people love um, the Bad Company campaign. I can't remember if it's three or four, but three, one or three or four is is well liked as well. But I mean, what 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 do you make of it? Just solely focusing on on multiplayer because campaign did used to be a big, a huge part of not just Battlefield but um, first person shooters. Yeah, I mean, with Battlefield, the the first few games in in the series, obviously Battlefield nineteen forty two, um, Battlefield uh, Vietnam, I believe, Battlefield twenty one forty two. Possibly even the PC version of Battlefield 2. Um, that one I'm, I'm unsure on. Um, we're all just multiplayer focused. I mean, that, that's what the series right. started out as. I mean, obviously that you, you had Medal of Honor, um, which was a, a similar series that, that had kind of campaigns mm. and were very much trying to be the saving private Ryan of, of the, the video game world. But Battlefield was always focused on the multiplayer. And I mean, that's where I first got to grips with the series was with Battlefield 1942, which is a game I absolutely loved. And I, I love when they kind of released a bite-sized version as, as Battlefield 1943 on the Xbox Live Arcade back in the day on the 360. Um, so I, I think really for Battlefield to switch to multiplayer only, is less striking than when Call of Duty did it mm. with um, Black Ops. Black Ops Four, I think. I think. I, I think four, it was Black Ops Four. Yeah, Four was yeah. Um, not Warzone. Blackout. Be- that was it. Because Call of Duty has always had a campaign, you know, ever since the first game mm-hmm. back on the PC. Whereas, you know, as I said, Battlefield didn't. I, I think the first Battlefield game I recall playing that had a campaign was Battlefield Modern Warfare. It was a, or I can't remember the subtitle, but um, it was effectively like the console port of Battlefield 2, mm. um, which was set in modern times. And that, that is the first Battlefield game I recall having a, a campaign. Before that, they, they didn't. So it's it's not really a, a surprise, and I I think it's um it, it's a good move 
um, in terms of getting focused after, as you said, Battlefield 5 wasn't as, as well received as previous entries in the series. It's a shame in a way, as I, I quite enjoyed the vignettes of Battlefield 1 and, and oh, Battlefield that 2. Was, is that what they were called? Yeah, that's what they're Lovely. called, yeah. Of, uh, particularly Battlefield 1. And again, yeah. as you said, I really enjoyed the campaigns of the, the Battlefield Bad Company series. And I'm, you know, it's disappointing for me personally that the rumors about Bad Company coming back this year and, and it being Bad Company 3, um, that didn't come to pass. Um, but, uh, you know, as I said, that's where the roots are. It's, it's not, not at all surprising to see them return to the roots. And it's nice that after the, they've stepped away from the, the, World War settings. World War One was interesting because it hadn't really been done before, but World War Two has been done to death, and I think it's about time that we just leave that to kind of indie teams that that want to to do a very focused project. And Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Well, Vanguard. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about that uh, maybe on the next podcast when more is real. But, um, I mean. But at the same time, it's nice that they haven't taken the easy way out and gone straight back to the modern setting mm. that that we've seen in Battlefield 2, 3, and 4. Um, I think, we, as I said, only one Battlefield game has taken place in the future so far, which is 2142. That came out 15 years ago. It's about time that they, they return to the future. And, and this isn't even as, as far mm-hmm. in the future. This is the near future. It's 21 years away. So it'll be kind of a mix of kind of technology we're used to and, and maybe some slight advancements on that, which is an interesting one. So, um, no, I'll be certainly checking this one out at, at some stage, particularly if it's rumored it's, it's part of, um, Game Pass. But I'm sure we'll know more about that after Xbox's showcase yeah. next week. Yeah, and as you said in the read, and there is a, a gameplay reveal on the 13th, which, you know, is when Xbox is. Um, so we'll probably see it then, as you say. I, I I agree on the future thing. I think they've kind of timed it very well in terms of being close to the present, but it's not jetpacks and bullshit like that, which everyone didn't like in Call of Duty. Cause just leave that to Titanfall, because they're the ones who do it well. Uh, just stay at what you know. So yeah, I think slightly in the future, I think we saw a robot dog type thing. If I remember correctly, in the um, in the trailer there, um, more planes and jets and stuff like that, and just 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 get it spot on. And I agree, I'm like I've not really played Bad Company, so it would have been cool for me to play that. But at the same time, if they make this like an online portal thing where they can just keep updating it, like they do with, I know it's not about a, a, a uh, battle royale thing but if it is just an online portal you can just get a team maintaining it and then if you want to make the next installment more story based and then integrate the stuff into Battlefield 2042 or whatever I I think that can work I think that's what COD are doing when they put Cold War into Warzone it didn't really work but it might be easier to battle for for dice games or Battlefront games so yeah I think it'll be be interesting to see what they do with um, future installments because if this is just just the battlefield online for the near future that's pretty cool that's pretty cool if they keep and we we know dice games they always look fucking like battlefield 4 is probably one of the best looking first person shooters ever it's fucking gorgeous game 
Yeah, no, they they always do it well when it comes to the visuals. And and thanks for reminding me. Credit to them for not including a battle royale because you know I'm getting sick of battle royales. Yeah. Just leave it to Fortnite and Call of Duty and and Halo. And uh, well, okay, oh, yeah, we, we might see that next week. But, uh, well, Sunday rather. But um, yeah, no, it, it's it's getting oversaturated. You just just let it go and go back to your roots and, and focus on what you do best. Dice. It's true. The one on. Uh... I don't even know if you played it, but there was one on Battlefield Five, and it was shit. <laughs> it was proper shit. Firestorm. Firestorm, yeah, it was fucking awful. That's what it was called. Yeah, it yeah. Was awful. Heard bad things. Yes, it was not fun. Um, yeah, if they do add one, just, like do it properly at least. But yeah, happy days. I like a bit, especially if there's fucking hundred twenty-eight people. It's gonna be mental. Um. I will read this next one. Uh, Deep Silver sets E3 expectations. Publisher Deep Silver set expectations ahead of parent company Cock Media's E3 showcase on June the 11th. They took to Twitter. Our parent company Cock Media is making an announcement as part of Summer Game Fest on June 11th. To give you a heads up, you won't see Dead Island, Saints Row, Metro, or Times, but we kind of expect that one there or at any other E3 event. We'll let you know when we have news to share. I don't know what cock media are going to show that Carl. I can't even remember what we talked about last week. But we we talked all about Deep Silver and the studios they yes. own and what what obviously what uh, we we could potentially see there. We talked about Saints Row and and Metro in particular, and then they come out and say this. And and while I'm happy for a company to set expectations, it can they probably shouldn't have to set expectations, but we know what the internet's like. Particularly the you know the, the video games side of the internet on on Twitter and stuff. So people kind of can feel entitled to announcements, and when they don't get what they want, they they'll complain. Um, but I just wish they'd made the announcement before last week's show, <laughs> so that we didn't we waste. Cut, we could have cut half an hour at the fucking show. <laughs> yeah, so we, didn't, we didn't waste so much time uh, uh, talking about uh, that. But I mean, I I don't know what they're they're gonna announce. Could you know? Could, could it be that Embracer has acquired another company and they're putting it under the the Koch Media umbrella? True. Could it be that that they're just moving one of the other companies under Koch Media? Um, it, it's it's really hard to to kind of make any kind of prediction on it. So I'm really intrigued by this one. You know, they must have something to say. Um, if they're they're doing something during E3, so I'll I'll be we'll, I'm sure we'll all be tuned into this one to see what more Koch Media have. It does make it more interesting because as I said. They're kind of making it a big deal. Like they're obviously them, the Embracer Group, THQ, Nordic, whatever the hell you call them. They're like the, except like Tencent, who was some like fucking overlord in the background. <laughs> they're like the next big, not new, but improving or improving in size, increasing in size, like publisher. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do. But yeah, it's gonna. There's not really anything we can talk about with, but it will be interesting to see what they. What they show is it Friday? Yeah, for, uh, yeah, no, yes, I don't know what day it is. Yes, it is Friday. Um, yes. Um, so next one then. I mean, we can't even talk about that. But again, we can talk about this because it is another set of people not appreciating when we do our podcast car. Yeah. So once again, you know, we we always appreciate a heads up. 
but it would have been nice to give it to us early Ubisoft. Um, the Division 2 and Division Heartlands to skip E3. The Division 2's official Twitter account left fans know that the game won't be making an appearance as part of Ubisoft Forward on June 12th. Quote, Agents, we won't be at Ubisoft Forward this year, but we invite you all to tune in alongside us to hear the exciting announcements across other Ubisoft titles. The Division teams are still hard at work. New content for the Division 2 is on track for the end of the year, while Heartland will have additional tests available for players interested in signing up. We look forward to sharing more when we can. Thank you, Tom Clancy's Division teams. So it would have been nice to get it ahead of our, our Ubisoft preview, whereby we, we talked about Heartland as being what we thought, <laughs> and, and what I think a lot of the industry thought was nailed on for mm. Ubisoft Forward and, and would have been the main focuses. But it's not. And in that sense, it's, it's kind of intriguing. We're getting you know, <laughs> Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about one of the games in a moment that's definitely going to be at Ubisoft Forward, but I, I don't think they're going to focus on just one game. And while we know their new team have a, a title that's that's set to be revealed according to reports, again, I don't think they'd have a, a presentation for two games. So that means there has to be one or two more things that we, we maybe had doubts over um, or that there's rumors about that 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 might actually be there you know i'm a little bit more confident that we might see dare i say a guy splinter cell oh i thought you were gonna go beyond good and evil i was gonna say that again no that's dead (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but no that's interesting we that was one of the things we discussed last week i think we were quite clear that ubisoft wouldn't do an event to reshow far cry which they released last week and Assassin's Creed DLC, which seems to be keep coming up in the news, so we presume that's going to be there. But is Assassin's Creed re- well, we discussed it last week? But we don't know if Assass- the next Assassin's Creed ready to show. Division's not going to be there. Who cares about the crew? Then we speculated stuff like Avatar and Star Wars, didn't we? But yeah, I mean, it's certainly more interesting. Like the more the, the closer to the event, the less we know. So that's that's good. Apart from Xbox, which quite a lot of leaks and presumed stuff are, are there, but yeah, the Ubisoft one's full of full of intrigue that I, I still don't, beyond good and evil, Skull and Bones will not be there, I <laughs> just can't see them being there. It, it, it might just be 40 minutes of Just Dance 2022 though I'd guys, be, we have to prepare ourselves for I'd that. I'd be game as fuck for that, just a panda on stage for 40 minutes <laughs> be class, and then South Park at the end, and that would be 10 out of 10 for a show uh I mean, if if this leads to a new South Park game because it's got more scope now, I'm happy days with that. It's a big old trade up for me. Hopefully, that that would be certainly uh, what I would like to see. Um, you know, even even above Splinter Cell, but I, I guess we'll see. On Ubisoft Forward is on Saturday, so yes, not too long to go. Not too long for the um, Speaking of Ubisoft and can. Um, say suggesting that games won't be at E3. Do do you want to read the next one, guy? Yes, this is a game we forgot existed because we I don't think we mentioned it last week. <laughs> uh, dear me, but Prince of Persia: Sands of Time remake is coming twenty twenty two. 
Uh, Prince of Persia Sands of Time Remake, which was delayed indefinitely back in February, is set to release sometime in 2022, but won't be making an appearance during Ubisoft Forward. The game's official Twitter account had the following message for the fans. Hello, Prince of Persia fans. Ubisoft Forward is around the corner, and we wanted to use this time to thank you for the amount of support you've shown us in the past year. As you might have already read, Prince of Persia Sands of Time Remake will not be in Ubisoft Forward. We are making great progress for our game to release next year, but we are not ready to share any additional info just yet. We will share an update as soon as we are ready. Until then, we wanted to express our appreciation for your continuous support, as well as your patience with us on our journey. We are looking forward to the moment when we are able to share more with you, the dev team. Um... I don't really have much of an opinion, because I've never really played Prince of Persia. I think I dabbled a smidge when I was a proper kid. But this doesn't really mean much to me, but the, this was meant to be out, like, March. This was February. This was Ubisoft's March spot, was it? Or Spring spot, wasn't it? For their game. So it's a long delay. Yeah, so I, I purposely left this game out um, last week when we were previewing Ubisoft Ford because I, I just had low expectations for it appearing because the game just seems to be in some form of developmental hell. I mean, it was first, I think, supposed to come out in January and then got mm. delayed till March and then in February they announced that it was delayed indefinitely. And to me, it's strange because, you know, we, we talked about remakes and remasters uh, on a recent show a few weeks ago. And I think with the exception of a, of a few certain games, like maybe Final Fantasy VII Remake and the Mass Effect trilogy, you know, remakes and remasters really get kind of a, a large focus on them. I mean, they, and even then, I, I, I don't think Mass Effect got that much of a focus no, it was announced think... and then they just kind of quietly worked on it mm. and this game though definitely was given the spotlight and they they talked about in a past presentation how one of their new studios out in india i forget which of the indian ubisoft studios it is it was one of the two uh is working on this game and it was given such a focus and it, it seemed to be a big thing for ubisoft and i guess that's because people have long wanted prince of persia to come back but then ever since since then it's just been bad news and i i think it's really unfortunate that they gave it such a highlight and, and something that other remakes don't really get too often and and yet it's it's struggling and it's just a, a real shame because I mean we talked about when this game was first revealed you know I I uh, my brother was a big fan of Prince of Persia games and he he'd have them here in the house and I'd kind of dabble in them and and I, I played a few hours of each of them and and they are enjoyable games and ones that I've always kind of contemplated going back to um so I was really intrigued by by this remake but I'm starting to doubt you know when it'll come out and you know when it does what kind of state will it be in yeah it's a good point about how much highlight it got. I mean, even um uh demon souls which was obviously a, a huge launch game for the ps5 that was kind of just dropped at their launch event it wasn't really built up that i can remember it just like boom he is a fucking beautiful game Whereas this got a year long, well, it got, not it's a one event, but it got a big place in an event. It's got quite a lot of stories surrounding it. And now it's what three delay or two two delays and then a fucking 
not happening for for a while. Um, so yeah, it's uh, so interesting. I mean, is it worth? Maybe this is probably one for someone who is a Prince of Persia fan, but is, is it really worth the effort for a Prince of Persia game? I think if you look at the Ubisoft umbrella, I think even just from the little bits and bobs I've played and, and how people react to their IP, I'm sure most people would want, if not a, if not a Splinter Cell, a new Splinter Cell game, they'd rather have remakes of old Splinter Cells than Prince of Persia. Yeah, um, it, it just it 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 seemed an an odd one to to give it so much focus, and now I'm I'm sure they are completely regretting it, given how how the game is is struggling to to make it out basically. Um, so it, it'll it'll be interesting to see if if kind of we we maybe see something of this game sort of a. Uh, almost a re-announcement uh, later in the year if they do another Ubisoft forward in the fall and then if it does indeed make a, a 2022 release. Yeah, I mean, I hope it does for people who do like the series, but it just doesn't really bother me at all. But take your time. Fuck it. <laughs> who cares? As long as it's good when it's out. If, it, if a game gets delayed and it's shit, that's when you get into cyberpunk situations. Don't Don't do that. Learn from Cyberpunk. Just keep delaying. It'll annoy people, but they'd rather play it. A good remake that's taken a while than a very shit game. Well, I enjoyed Cyberpunk, but another time. Um, uh, do you want to read this next one, Rainbow Six? Yeah, so um, now to a, a game that will be at Ubisoft Forward. Rainbow Ooh. Six Quarantine renamed Rainbow Six Extraction. Ubisoft has revealed that the next Rainbow Six title will be Rainbow Six Extraction. The game was previously announced as Rainbow Six Quarantine, but the publisher confirmed earlier this year that the game would be renamed due to the unfortunate association of the word quarantine with the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. The game is set for a full reveal at Ubisoft Forward on July 12th. So we, we talked about this game last week, Guy. We were just kind of intrigued to know what it's it's going to be called. And, and we were pretty confident that we'd see it at, at Ubisoft Forward. So I'm not sure there's too much more to, to say on this one. But I mean, what, what do you think in general of the, the new title? Yeah, it's something. <laughs> I... I, they would have done all their focus groups and, and research. It. They picked quarantine for a reason. Is quarantine and extraction the same? Not really. She just whacked a thesaurus up and went fucking different words. Uh, yeah, it's not really, unless the game like has no extraction in it at all. It, it, we, don't know, we don't know anything about whether the name fits or whatever, but we we've seen films that have quarantine in it. They they get a boost up. They might have fucking might have bodged, uh, dodged a bullet and then jumped straight into a fire or something. Here, this could have been money. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I I think we'll certainly have to see more of the game before we we see kind of how the 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 title fits in. Um, I do recall people weren't. I I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, but I remember the code name. That that came out when around the time it was first announced that it was getting renamed. People didn't like it all. I, I wasn't. I can remember thinking it wasn't the best myself. So uh, at least it wasn't that. Um, that that's about all we can say for now. Um, do you want to read the next story? 
Yeah, save the embarrassing Xbox One for me. I'll see what you've done here. Um, the medium <laughs> rated for PS5. This is from... How do you pronounce that, Salsuka? Gamatsu and... Sal Romano. Yeah. From uh, The Jokers on, on Comedy Central. <laughs> um, the Entertainment Software Rating Board has rated Bloober Team developed third-person psychological horror game. The medium for PS5 and Xbox Series. The medium first launched digitally for Xbox Series and PC via Steam and Microsoft Store in January, as well as via game, uh, Xbox Game Pass. Back in March, distributor Cock Media announced plans to publish a physical edition of the medium, but did not mention platforms. So, does that mean Xbox don't have a single exclusive now? <laughs> I can't even well, I, I can't speak too much for kind of smaller indie titles, but in, in terms of kind of more notable titles, I I, I guess not once this comes really? out, at least not till Halo launches. I mean, it's, it's not really a big deal in the sense that this is a great get for PS5, because let's be honest, well, it got some good reviews. There were a lot of mediocre reviews yeah, of this like game. Yeah, it was like 7 out of 10, 6 out of 10-ish, wasn't it? Yeah, they're they're about, and a lot of kind of YouTubers and that that I'd listen to their podcasts seem completely um, bored by this game, to, to put it lightly. You know, some would go as far to say nothing happens in the game. It's, it's just basically walking around at a slow pace. It doesn't look like um, walking soon. <laughs> which is a shame, given that I, I was really kind of into the, the early previews for this game, but once I, I read those reviews, it kind of completely put me off of playing this one. But it's interesting in the sense that this happens to be the one notable exclusive for the Xbox, and it's soon not to be exclusive. But who knows, by the time this comes out, Halo might already be here. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, the medium is probably going to be better than Halo by the state of it. Um, yeah, I don't think the fact that Medium is going to PS5 is a story. It's just the fact the only Xbox exclusive is going to Sony. It's just a bit daft. But we know that Xbox kind of screwed the pooch um, in terms of exclusives last gen, and now it's carrying over to this gen, and then the pandemic and stuff, and Halo did a good job of um, fucking the launch. Well done, 343 again. Um, Yeah, it, it... as long as the, they really have to dial it up to 11 with the third party stuff on Game Pass, and we'll hopefully see that with Battlefield, and there's that anime game that's rumoured to be on there, even though I think they denied it the other day, but might might change, who cares. Um, yeah, we, we're going to talk, well, I might as well talk about it now, because I haven't really uh, put any detail in it, so... Like, you see stuff like Ratchet and Clank's getting fucking amazing reviews. Returnal got amazing reviews. I, I mentioned um, Demon Souls earlier. Um, Insomnia just seemed to knock out fucking 9 out of 10 like it's a piece of piss, which probably is for them. Uh, good job, Xbox, fucking them up. Um, yeah, I, Ratchet and Clank, it's probably not one I'd pick up, but obviously it's on your console, Carl. We mentioned when the PlayStation, the PS5 event first was, that was probably the most next-gen-y looking game, and the reviews certainly seem to hint at that as well. 
Yeah, um, I, I haven't gotten a chance to play it myself yet. I mean, the, the Ratchet and Clank 2016 is, is still on my backlog, as I've mentioned before on the show, but I'd like to, to get to the both of them eventually. And uh, as you said, it's, it's come out to very positive reviews, um, just as... Um, Spider-Man Miles Morales did and, and Spider-Man before it and I think some the odd person maybe questioned Sony buying Insomniac at the time because Insomniac <laughs> didn't really silly. come with any any IP and and well that's a fair point I think they've they've proven them, them to be wrong at this point because I mean this is just a, a, a top notch studio they are one of the best studios in where, the business where would you say they are now I mean Naughty Dog's probably at the throne Project Red were up there, but Cyberpunk was a mess. It must be what? Well, even just in so- Sony's probably got the fucking best, like four out of the top five in the world, if not all five. It must be like second to Naughty Dog now. It's just releasing banger after banger. Uh, in terms of my my personal take, mm. um, I, I probably would place them there, um, but I, I think most people would have them them top five uh, in the the world at the moment, which which says it all. I mean, they they are. A, a top top notch studio and i mean everything they touch just seems to be gold at the moment so i'm, I'm not even surprised that this game is getting positive reviews to be honest it's it i was i was completely expecting eights and nines and, and even the odd 10 out of the the gate and that, that's what we're seeing i'm trying to think of my top five it might be a pod that Rockstar, Naughty Dog, Insomnia. Yeah. That's probably about it. <laughs> I think that could definitely be yeah. a, a bot, so yeah. we'll, 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 we'll save that for yeah. another day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just uh, well done, Insomniac, and I, I can't mm. wait to get to this um, game in the probably the far-flung future, if I'm being honest. But it, I hope it happens. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Um, I, I hope it happens at some point. Um, there's a couple of little other tidbits mm-hmm. that you picked up just before the, the show because we have a, a tendency to miss yeah. bits of news kind of that happened during the show or just yeah. before it. Um, Overwatch crossplay beta coming soon. PC players will, as Guy put it, batter console players, and that that's fair. Probably probably <laughs> will happen. Um, but it's nice to see crossplay coming to kind of like a triple A AAA title. Other than your your kind of your Fortnite and your Rocket League, yeah, it really is. And obviously, Overwatch Two. Hopefully, we get a release date on this event, but seems we'd be twenty twenty two at the best. Um, but yeah, I think people have been asking for this because I've recently gone back on Overwatch, and obviously, it's not a struggle getting the game. But when it's in its lull period, when there isn't events and stuff on trying to get a gaming Overwatch, especially if you're a DPS player, which I aren't, but sometimes you can be waiting, like when I watch con- uh, streamers and stuff like that, they're waiting 10 minutes to get a game. And you've kind of... The only problem is, as, as, as I'm joking, but PC players will back console players, they just will. But if you can balance that out somehow, or maybe even just make it quick play only, which probably won't fix the rank situation, but if you can get them queue times down to like a couple minutes rather than 10 minutes, obviously this is like a, a game that's four or five year old now, um, but improving, the, increasing the player base, I think it'll just help getting get the game. But if you get quick play, I don't see, there's no reason why PlayStation and Xbox certainly can't play together. Switch, I'm sure the game's a bit potato-y, so that might be tough. But 
it's just balance. Games like these are just very tough to balance console to PC because PC, you just watch them do madness. <laughs> when I try and do it on console, it's like, oh, I'm bad. <laughs> but no, it's just a limitation. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they balance a game like that. Um, but um, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how it affects Overwatch 2, but we'll see. Um, last bit of news before we can get into like. We'll call it Preview 2, but it's kind of Preview 1.5. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is getting next-gen update Friday. I think this leaked, if I remember correctly, I should have noted this down. It leaked from retailers getting physical copies of PS5 ones. Um, And then I think it got reported that it will come out Friday. I mean, I think we've... Did you play this? I'm sure you did. No, oh. um, it, it's it's one of the games that's what, what, pretty much at the top of my backlog. Well, you, Jeez, you don't I, I suppose you've only just um, horizon, but yeah, it's 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 certainly one that I I want to 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 jump on soon, um, because I I love me a Star Wars game. It's 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 one I've I, I've just got to get you know I'm I'm I've kind of in a weird place in terms of where my games are, and it can be a pain to kind of get at them. Which is probably why I just keep playing the same things over and over again. But this is one I, I certainly want to get in on very soon because um it, it's it just look it, obviously we, we the reputation it has and it being a Star Wars game um what what's not to love um and obviously with it being a next gen version and mm. um, gives me even more reason to to play it. I, I think it's a bit odd that they're doing a next gen version given that they released a sixty FPS update for this game not so long ago and um, so I, i'm not sure why they're not just leaving it at that but you know no complaints here it's going to be an even better version of the game to play i'm, I'm gonna play that yeah it's happy days for you if you don't play it. i mean i'm not sure i'd go back maybe one day but it's not it's Considering last year nothing came out, <laughs> it's still probably one of the newest games of bloody play so yeah I, i'd eventually go back but not, not Anytime soon, I think. But yeah, I think it. I mean, the higher quality version of the game you can play, but job on, just crack on. It's uh, it's good stuff. So yeah, if you've not played that, is it? I think it's gonna be. It'll probably be free, so it'll be in Game Pass Ultimate um, via. E- you should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Stuff like that. It'll pro- probably won't be full price on the PlayStation. Um, so yeah, just check that out. Um, so Carl, we have new info about E3, and that is pretty much why we're doing the podcast, and we're doing this as an hour into it. But this shouldn't touch wood. Shouldn't take a huge amount of time. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> no promises. Yeah, so obviously last week we went through a, a very patchwork E3 schedule because there was a, a few shows that were yet to be announced and there's been a few surprise ones announced since. So I'll quickly run through the, the updated and what we'd expect to be the final schedule. Um, obviously some events have already taken place. Uh, the, the Day one of the Gorilla Collective was on the 5th and the Battlefield reveal was today on the 9th. Um, so starting tomorrow, we have June 10th, which is the Summer Game Fest at 6 p.m. our time. Um, that we had a chat about last week, so give that a listen if you haven't already. June 11th, we have the Koch Primetime Gaming Stream at 8 p.m. As <laughs> we, we said, we have no idea what it's going to be about, so that's intriguing. Um, we have the IGN Game Expo at 9pm. June 12th, we have the Gorilla Collective Day 2 at 4pm. We have the Wholesome Direct at 6pm. Ubisoft Forward at 8pm. Again, we covered that last week, so give it a listen. We have Devolver Digital at 9.30pm. I'm sure there'll be a lot of blood and guts and crazy fake CEOs. What's it? Nina? Oh, I, can, I can't think of her name, but it's always a good laugh. Oh, uh, yeah. We have Gearbox at 10 p.m., which is something we weren't aware of last week, so we'll be having a look at that in a moment. We have Upload VR Showcase at 11 p.m. on the 13th. We have Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase at 6 p.m. Again, that was covered last week. We have the Square Enix Showcase at 8.15 p.m., which we'll be covering today. We have Warner Bros. at 10 p.m. We have PC Gaming Show 10.30 p.m. And then on June 14th, we have the Future Game Show at 12 a.m. Bit of a late one there. Have fun. Take-Two take Interactive at 6.15 p.m. Razer at 10 p.m. And Capcom at 10.30 p.m. And then on the final day, we'll have Nintendo on the 15th. We'll have Nintendo at 5 p.m. Bandai Nam- Namco at 10.25 p.m. It's a very precise time. And we'll have the GameSpot Play for All showcase at 11.35 p.m. So it's a jam-packed six days of, of E3 there. Um, so we'll jump in at the, the earliest one we haven't discussed yet of note, Gearbox. Um, there was uh, the 2K leak, which we'll be talking about mm-hmm. soon, and, and as part of that, there was the Borderlands spin-off title, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. But other than that, and, and we could potentially see that at the, the Take-Two show, rather than at Gearbox, the show themselves, I, I'm wondering if this is where we're going to see what 
comes next after Borderlands? Like, what will be Gearbox's first title under Embracer since their takeover? Is that what you're expecting, guy? Yeah, it'd be interesting because, as, as I mentioned, Embracer, whatever the hell name they want to go by, um, they're they're improving, and the Gearbox acquisition is it's kind of. It wasn't made a bit, maybe it's because we just didn't do a podcast around that time, but it wasn't really huge, huge news, was it? I mean, we had um, Codemasters going to a year on the same ground, didn't we? Um, but yeah, it'd certainly be a, their first platform to make a big statement, and not sure what it'll be. I think, obviously, the, the leaks there, we we can, uh, if, you have, if you're trying to go in blind, Probably don't listen to a preview podcast, but these are leaks, so these will probably be there. So I'll give you five seconds, and then we're going to talk. So one, two, three, four, five. So, Carl, um, yeah, I think there will be a big game there. Going off the leaks, that might be the Marvel one, but we'll get that into that in a sec. Um, but, I mean, Tina's... Tiny Tina, of course, I can't even read. Tiny Tina's Wonderland leak. Um, I think we we've seen side projects from um, from Borderlands before. It was the pre sequel, wasn't the? We obviously have the Telltale game, so I, these do sell. And obviously, Borderlands Three is kind of still getting support that we mentioned uh, on last week's pre preview that we mentioned the probably DLC there. So yeah. The, uh, half sequel half game type thing it'll always pique my interest because Borderland games are just always fun yeah I mean there's apparently there's been reports that confirm that, that Borderlands 4 is in the works as well and suggestions that we might not see as, as much um, in terms of DLC for Borderlands 3 as, as we did with Borderlands 2 because their focus is on what comes next but I still think that'll probably be a few years off, which is why it doesn't surprise me that there's a spin-off game, particularly one that focuses on a character that tends to be quite popular with the fans. Um, the last Borderlands spin-off title, per se, um, you know, the pre-sequel, probably was the, le- the least well-received game in the series. Um, so mm-hmm. I-, I suppose there is potentially that risk there, um, but I'm sure lessons were learned and uh, i'd be surprised if this game isn't isn't a popular one when it it finally releases so um i'll I'll be interested in seeing this one and and particularly to see is it you know a borderlands game like is it a first person shooter or is the genre tilted somewhat you know kind of some changes there something fresh and that's what i'll be interested in seeing um as i said my my expectation is that you know well, it might appear during Gearbox's, you know, what I assume will be a, a, a short presentation, and um, that that the focus will be mostly on that game will will be for Take Two's presentation, which I'm sure will feature a lot of games. So uh, I do, I know I could be wrong, but I'm I'm fully expecting that that uh, we'll see something new from Gearbox during this presentation and, and for that reason I'm excited to see what, what's next yeah it should be it should be interesting Gearbox is always one that just I don't think they do loads do they but what they do is usually good That's probably well there was that 
game um, that uh, ended up in bargain bins after a month. Oh, <laughs> the 1v4 monster thingy. Um, no, no, that wasn't them. That was Turtle Rock. Um, yeah. Oh, what is it called? One second, I'll get it for you. <laughs> I actually have a copy of it somewhere because I bought it for like two euro in a, from a bargain bin. Because um, why not? I was curious. Um, it is the game I am referring to. Is I was thinking of Evolution. Battleborn. Oh yeah, that was shit. Yeah. I paid fifty quid for that bastard. Oh my god, it, it came out. It came out around the same time as Overwatch, and Overwatch yes. just ate it alive. I was more so. excited for Battleborn. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, to be fair, you're probably just a fan of Borderlands, as most of us yeah. were, and. and I was similar. I was, I, I was cool to see Gearbox doing something different. Maybe it's Battleborn going back. Just didn't work out. But hopefully, this time when they do something different, it works out. That's that's all we can really say. But I'm I'm definitely intrigued to see what they have in store. That's true. That's true. I mean, if they remake Battleborn, I'll be there again. Fucking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll do the uh, 2K1. Uh, So next up is the Square Enix Showcase. So there's four things that are confirmed for this. There's Edos Montreal's new title. Obviously their last title was 2018 Shadow of the Tomb Raider. We have some, there's going to be some Marvel's Avengers updates. Babylon's Fall from Platinum Games is finally coming back. If you remember, that game was that the, first announced. Is that play, that's a PlayStation exclusive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It it, it was first announced at E3 2018. Yeah. Not, not last E3. <laughs> last E3 before. Three years ago. And we've barely heard anything since. Um, it, it was, I think at the time it was a PS4 exclusive. Mm. Presumably now it's it's going to be a PS5, PS5 exclusive. <laughs> um, so it's it's cool that PS5 is getting another exclusive, and then it's another sign, obviously, of uh, Square Enix being quite friendly with Sony. Oh. I mean, we'll we'll talk about another couple of those games that might be there that are, are further examples of that shortly. But I mean, this. To me, I love Platinum Games. They're they're one of my favorite developers, and I'm not saying they're flawless. They've had some questionable titles, but I mean, thinking back, like um, Mad World, Bayonetta, um, Vanquish. I mean, Platinum Games were just knocking it out of the park. So when I see saw that they were teaming up with Square Enix once again, obviously previously they developed Near Automata. I was really excited. And then they just went completely quiet. <laughs> um, so I'm glad that this game is confirmed to be resurfacing because I was starting to worry that it was just going to be another Platinum Games title that was cancelled, like Scalebound. I was devastated when Scalebound was cancelled. So I'm really happy that this game yet lives. Oh, they did Scalebound. They're probably busy trying to get that re- republished somewhere. So you have to remember that. I'm sure I heard rumors they keep trying to do that. Um, do we know any details about the Montreal title? No. No, no. Um, I, I, I think it's confirmed it's not a Tomb Raider title, and right. it's unlikely to be a Deus Ex title because that series is still on hiatus. So it could be a new IP. There were, I believe, there were rumors in the past that they were working on a Guardians of the Galaxy game, but 
there that was quite a, a while back so i don't know if that project has since been canned or, or yeah. moved to another <laughs> the, studio or whatever the, the next, case might be the next the bullet point after that one may stop any any marvel games with square enix considering avengers was so shit um but yeah i think montreal's track record's quite good so again you know, guardians of the galaxy game would be fun um but we'll see um rumored then of well leak again five seconds <laughs> you know they're just not you won't be if you're interested final fantasy origin leak is this the one that's a souls like game yeah so that this is uh coming from team ninja which is is interesting it's always interesting when we see square enix working with not not just an external developer but an external publisher as well because team ninja belong to to bandai namco because team ninja are the team behind uh the ninja gaiden and the uh neo series and this seems like similar to neo being kind of a a souls like it it seems that the rumors suggest that final fantasy origin is a souls like action game set in the world of the very first Final Fantasy game. I think it's supposed to be a prequel um, to the first Final Fantasy game, so it's cool to see them returning to that. There's actually rumours that you will play as the, the bad guy from uh, Garland from, from the first Final Fantasy, so that's pretty cool. Um, I I think it's... it's I'd be pretty confident that this one is true and that we, we will see it at E3, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to to see this one being the big fan of fancy buff that I am and a, and a big fan of Team Ninja as well would this one be one for you at all guy? well I presume it'll be a Playstation exclusive so fucking no <laughs> um, I'm sure I heard that, that isn't all Final Fantasy stuff PS5, PS5 timed exclusive at least well, I mean, thus far, um, obviously, Final Fantasy VII Remake and its um, expansion since Integrate are both timed exclusive for PlayStation, um, as is Final Fantasy XVI. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if this is also a, a timed exclusive. But at the same time, we've seen Square Enix making some deals with... Um, Microsoft recently, a lot of the Final Fantasy games are on Game Pass. Um, Octopath Traveler came to, to Xbox after Nintendo. It's still not on PlayStation. It's, it was straight into Game Pass. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if we, we start to see some of these games announced for, for Xbox as well. And, and maybe this and could, could be the first. Straight into Game Pass as well, of course. As well. Yeah, of course. So, um, and and we, I wonder if we'll we'll potentially get some updates on on Outriders and during this showcase, given how well it's done. True, true. Um, then possible you've bullet pointed Final Fantasy sixteen, which we obviously saw at PlayStation. Well, that was the console one, wasn't it? So that was last uh winter or late or early winter, I should say. Um, Dragon Quest twelve and Forspoken. I mean. Final Fantasy, we obviously saw, we've discussed. It, if if you like Final the new Final Fantasies, you'll you'll be interested in this, especially if you're a Sony fan. Yeah, I mean, we know a lot about Final Fantasy sixteen at, at this point. Obviously, it's a PlayStation exclusive. It's coming from the team behind uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, um, so we know they're a very competent team. Um, 
I mean, it, it'll just be nice to get another look at it, um, and maybe even a, a release window. Um, given that it's been a, a while since it was announced, hopefully this is not, not another Final Fantasy game that that takes years uh, to to finally launch. And um, we don't want to see another one slip into developmental hell. Like you say that, isn't the, isn't the exclusivity like two years to Xbox? So you, I'll be waiting two years longer than you guys. <laughs> That's true. So then even more so, fuck. you don't want it to take 10 <laughs> yeah. years to come out. Because <laughs> it'd be 12 years for you. 17 um, by then. Yeah, I think it could be. I mean, speaking of Final Fantasy 16, obviously that's the the next game in in one of Square Enix's pillar um, RPG series. But the other one is is of course Dragon Quest, and Dragon Quest 12 was revealed recently at the the Dragon Quest anniversary event, alongside a rake of other Dragon Quest titles. And Dragon Quest 3 is getting a remake. Uh, Dragon Quest 10, the MMORPG, is getting an offline version, which may be the first version of that game to launch in the West. And there's also another Dragon Quest spin-off title coming out. But obviously Dragon Quest XII was the, the biggest of the announcements, but it was the least information we were given was in regards to Dragon Quest XII. So uh, I think we could see more on that, at least a, a trailer um, during this, this E3 presentation. And then speaking of uh, timed exclusives for the PlayStation, uh, Forspoken is another one that I, I would, wouldn't be surprised to see pop up. Oh, um, this is the fucking project thingy. Yeah, project that. I completely forgot. Project project that, yeah. I forgot it was that till I googled it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, we, we've the seen. Sorry, bastard. <laughs> we we obviously seen a trailer for that. Uh, we saw rather a trailer for that uh, during the last Square Enix showcase. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to to see that reappear again and then we could maybe even get a release date and um, if we want to be greedy on that one um mm. so that that's another one i'd be confident in seeing but i i think what you can say from for square enix is they never fail to surprise you that you know you can never completely predict their showcases there's always one or two games you, you weren't expecting so uh, again i'd be expecting um the unexpected from from Square Enix. There will be a, a surprise or two, and and that's what you want at these show, showcases. At the end of the day, if we could if we could completely predict what we're going to see, what would be the fun in that? Exactly, uh, and that is at eight fifteen UK time on the thirteenth. Um, yeah, should be good. Hopefully, there's what they did a couple of years ago where they showed everything, then just copied it the week and the day after. Uh, um, Warner Bros. It looks like they're probably having a half an hour show, and for good reason, considering the news that came out. There'll be um, no Hogwarts Legacy, no Gotham Knights, and Suicide Squad. We kind of expected the last two because they'll probably be at DC Fandom, which I think I said was in October. Um, left, not Left for Dead. Are you? Yeah. Eh? Back, back for blood. I, I, I prefer my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was a funny one, this one, because Warner Bros. announced they'd be doing a showcase, and I think people instantly got excited and thought we were going to get a big blowout on Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad and Hogwarts Legacy, um, and then quickly Warner Bros. 
poured cold water on that and said that none of those games would be appearing. Although we, we discussed this last week anyway, that it had already been confirmed that Hogwarts Legacy wouldn't be appearing. And you and I both had major doubts on Suicide Squad appearing. And mm. um, so that maybe you might get a little, little glimpse of Gotham Knights. Um, but nonetheless, none of that will be there at all. And the focus will be completely on Back for Blood. Um, which comes out later this year. I mean, I know people are really excited about this one. A lot of people were huge Left 4 Dead fans. We talked about it a lot at the time of, of the game's announcement, and I'm certainly intrigued by it. I mean, my friends and I have been looking for a, a game like this to play for a while. We talked about maybe trying out uh, Warhammer Vermintide or, or Warhammer mm. Vermintide 2, which are, are very similar games. Um, so th- this well could be the the one that 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 um we end up picking up and and playing together and I I do have fond memories of of messing around with the Left 4 Dead demo when it it first came out back on the the 360 days so I'm I'm certainly intrigued by by this one what about you guy this, this certainly seems like something that you're likely to play with your mates yeah I definitely play I just. I don't know. I know it, it is made by the same people who did Left 4 Dead, isn't it? Yeah, the same team, yeah. Yeah, so it's just recapturing that magic because I prefer I played a lot more of Left 4 Dead One than Left 4 Dead Two, so maybe it was just maybe it should have been one and done. I'll play it, but I I don't I think it's hard for games like them to recapture the magic because Left 4 Dead One was just like perfect in like. It's imperfect, imperfect way, if that makes sense. So, I'll try it. I'll enjoy it. I just don't think it'll be one that, I don't think it'll be able to get the cult following Left 4 Dead did, which may be a shame. Maybe a better game, who knows? But I'll definitely play it. And I think there is rumors it might go Game Pass, but that's a long way away. Um, or it makes sense for it to go Game Pass. Um, but, yeah, that's really all we can say on on that one. Really, just really. just uh, it's going to be Left 4 Dead or. I'm even calling it Left 4 Dead. <laughs> Back for Blood. Um, and it, as we say, it'll be interesting to see more of the game. Um, and that is at... The list in front of me at the moment. Uh, yeah, so just have 10 p.m. on the 13th. So next up is Take Two Interactive, which is at 6.15 on June 14th. And again, we expect this to largely focus on 2K, given the the recent uh, leaks. We t- we knew that 2K was a partner at E3, so we talked a little bit about them in regards to Summer Game Fest last week, and and talked about what we expect to see there. And we talked about potentially um, Borderlands DLC and um, WWE. 2K 2022 and how we would really like to see either the new Bioshock game or um, uh, yeah basically just the, the new Bioshock game <laughs> but since then there has been um, a couple of leaks in regards to 2K and I, I think this is what we're going to see at mm. Take-Two Interactive showing NBA 2K22 from Visual Concepts. Obviously, that's an obvious one that comes every year. Uh, as we spoke of before, so we won't stick on that one for too long. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands from Gearbox. Um, obviously, 2K are the publishers of the Borderlands series, even though they don't own Gearbox. Um, we thought we we kind of guessed this and didn't. In that, we we predicted DLC for Borderlands Three 
it's a spin-off game. Much of a muchness in in for the in the grand scheme of things. We'll call it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm not we're not surprised at all by this one. But a couple of things that are interesting from this leak. Firstly, codename Coda from Fire Axis. There had been talk that Fire Axis next game um would would be revealed soon and people wondered if it was gonna be another XCOM game. It's certainly a strategy game, but it's it's not XCOM. This, this is supposed to be a Marvel themed strategy game similar to, to XCOM. What's your take on this one? I mean, it, we do have, there is the obviously the Ultimate Alliance 3 on um, the Switch, which is a Marvel game that's a, a, a an RPG, but this, this is real heavy tactical based. Do you think it's a good fitting for a Marvel game? Yeah, I think it'll work. I think it depends how you do it, really. I mean, can you put foreign stuff into games like that? Maybe not. But Black Widow, Hawkeye, even people like Iron Man, I suppose. But that might be a bit too limiting. But I, I, I just think it works. And obviously, the XCOM games are a king of that genre as well. So it's a perfect fit. If anyone can make it work, it'll be them. Um, if you can get an interesting story and it, it kind of works as well, I'd play it. Like I've dabbled a little bit in games like that. I think Gears Tactics um, reviewed quite well. Um, obviously, similar genre, but obviously different company. So there is obviously a market for tactical games like these. So whacking Marvel in one by the king to the, the people who make this game the best just just makes sense. Why not? I'll play it. Me too, to be fair. And I mean, if Ubisoft can take Mario and the Rabbids exactly. and put them in this kind of game, and people absolutely adored that game, there's some people who argue it's the still the best game on the Switch. That says it all. I mean, the, the, the people who enjoy these games, and I'd count myself among them, although XCOM kicks my ass. I can only ever get so far in that game before it just, I just become completely stuck. Hands up! I'm I'm just I'm just not good enough at, at XCOM, but I, I still nonetheless play them and, and enjoy them. So I'd definitely be checking this one out. And the other leaked project is Codename Vault from Hangar Thirteen. Obviously, the developers of the Mafia series, um, or well, the most recent game anyway, Mafia Three. This is described as Saints Row meets Cthulhu. I mean- so. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we a lot of these kind of uh, sandbox third-person games, that the Mafia games, GTA, Saints Row, you know, while, while they're all great games, they're a little samey in a way. So it sounds like this game is, is going to take a, a twist on that genre, and that really intrigues me because I'm a, I'm a big fan of that, that genre. So this is one that... that Really, even before I see it, I feel like I'm probably going to pick it up. I mean, just who thinks describing a game as Cthulhu meets Central? Come on. Just that alone deserves money. I just hope it is good because I quite enjoyed Mafia 3. It was a bit... um, The open world was a bit empty, but if they can fix stuff like that and it's fucking mental, happy days. Happy days for me. That's probably... Not one I'm most looking forward to with the whole of E3, but when you describe a game like that, it's one that you kind of want. I want that to be good. 
absolutely fucking mental. <laughs> that's what I want. I'm right there with you on that one. I mean, they're they're a good developer. Mafia Three was a was a solid title, so I'll be very interested to see kind of where they're going to take this new project because it, it, it's nice to see people take a a risk with 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 a genre, you know, because Criminals is just been done to death. So, um, it, it is really refreshing to see see someone step away from that. Um, Speaking of okay. done to death. <laughs> yeah. Rockstar GTA 5 next gen I mean if Sky well Skyrim might be there we'll see um, it won't be I hope it won't be but GTA 5 next gen I mean this game's what span three fucking <laughs> uh, generations of console now we need a new one lads. yeah I mean to be honest you know there obviously we, we can't confirm yet whether Rockstar are going to be part of this mm-hmm. take two interactive. The, the only way I, reason I I suggest it potentially could be because it's it's been announced as a take two interactive showcase rather than a two right. K showcase. Um, so with that in mind, Rockstar obviously are the other main body under take two. Um, I. I I mean, if Rockstar are there, I'd love it to be a new game. Not even GTA. I'm not even holding out for GTA 6. I bully. doubt that's coming anytime soon. But yeah, like a, a, a bully follow-up. Or... Yeah, yeah, I'd even take that. Just something different from Rockstar. Yeah. Something that's not Red Dead or GTA. And I love Red Dead and GTA. But it would just be nice hmm. um, to, to, to see something different from them. Because it feels like it's been a really long time. But I mean, I, I think GTA 5... And it's next gen update are probably the safer bet. Yeah. As as much as it pains me to to admit it, we, we probably are gonna have to, to to sit through you know what what we've effectively seen in the past. Um, but hopefully that only if that is the case, it only makes up a small part of the showcase, and the the focus is on these two uh, K games, uh, particularly the the latter two we discussed. I'm I'm still holding out hope for Bioshock. Even if it's just <laughs> a title card at the very end of the presentation, I take it at this point. Just the name. The name will do. The hype train starts with a name. So this yeah. is it. Exactly. So as we said, you can catch Take-Two Interactive at 6.15pm on June 14th. Uh, next up on June 14th as well is Capcom at 10.30pm. Uh, now, there's some confirmed by Capcom when they announced their showcase. The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, which is releasing on July 27th, will be there. Monster Hunter Stories 2, releasing July 9th, will also be there. Monster Hunter Rise updates and also what's next for Resident Evil Village will all be covered. Um, I'm not sure we have too much to say on those games because nope. um, we either haven't played them or, you know, we know what they're all about at this point. I don't even know what the top one is. <laughs> uh, uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, you know, the, you know, Objection! You know, the the game, it's, uh, it was on uh, DS and 3DS. Uh. It's like a, it's a kind of funny comedy kind of law game. It's, uh, they're supposed to be top-notch, I've just never really gotten around to, to trying the series myself. <laughs> but, um, what is fun to talk about is the the possibilities, and I think Capcom is particularly fun because of uh, a certain hack 
um, that we, we discussed uh, oh. a few months back and which leaked their lineup. Now, the first game that I, I could potentially be possible wasn't part of that leak because it was something that was revealed previously um, last year. I think it was last year's E3 um, with a 2022 release which was Pragmata, which was the weird game with the Spaceman that people yes. felt gave uh, Kojima, Kojima vibes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not a Kojima game. Um, with You know, at the time, 2022 felt a long time away, but now 2022 mm. is, this, is next year. So do you think we'll see this one pop up? Because we haven't really heard anything about it since then. I don't see why. The only reason I'd be in doubt is obviously it was a PlayStation's thingy, wasn't it? So maybe they have the marketing rights for it, obviously. But if you're going to market a game, you want it at E3. So with Sony not being there and Capcom being there, why not? Exactly. I, 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 I mean, there was never any confirmation that it was an exclusive to, to yeah. Sony. It's just they put it on their stage. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Capcom put it back back out there on their own stage. Um, but again, we know very little about the game yeah. other than it it's looks weird. <laughs> so I'm intrigued by that, by that fact alone. Um, so I hope, I hope it does resurface. But games that were covered um, in this leak... Firstly, Dragon's Dogma 2, which I think was set to come out in 2022 on the, the release date schedule. Um, I I think this one's nailed on. I, I think recently we've seen a Dragon's Dogma anime on Netflix, which wasn't half bad, actually. I watched it. Uh, give that a try if you like your anime and your Dragon's Dogma. Um, so I think this one happens. It's been a good while since Dragon's Dogma. It's a cult classic. People love that game. People wanted a game, but we did see the first game get a, a re-release on last-gen consoles, and then again on Switch. So I, I think this is well in in Capcom's minds, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it. How about you? I am not too familiar with this franchise, and I am YouTubing it as we speak. <laughs> um, let's have a look. It, it's an action RPG. It um, looks it, like I'd play this. You have your player character, which you create, and then you have what is, um, I forget what they're called, but they're, they're basically like, you know, these, they're, they're human like, but they're not human. They, mm. they're kind of drawn in from a different dimension. Right. Um, that kind of accompanies your character. You get one, um, for your character, but then you can also, uh, someone other, ones from other players that could be their other random players ones that you can kind of randomly pick off a list or you can summon your friends characters and i remember when i started the game i got a re a decent random character um oh, what are they called oh, it's gonna annoy me um i'll quietly google that in the background uh but i, I got a decent random one and then a friend on my friends list who used to be uh, part of my Gears of War team back in the day, he had already played through the game and completed it. So I got to use his as well. So I had like these two ridiculously powered he characters. Got through a game. By, by, by AI. AI, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. It, it made the game a lot easier until it got to the, to the latter stages of the game. 
Um, so it's quite fun. But like, it, it was a really cool game in that, like, when you're fighting like flying enemies, you could jump on their backs and like dig your sword it in, good. and you get carried up into the air, and then you'd like dive off. I mean, it it, it was it was awesome. Um, so I I will be straight on this one. Pawns. That's that's what the the summonable uh, NPC. Or well, they were playable to a degree, uh, but kind of uh, companion characters um, were called. So um, I, I think this is going to happen, and I'll be very excited when it does happen. Uh, next on the list is Street Fighter Six. There was also I remember on the lead there was like Street Fighter Six Ultimate and Super Street Fighter Six. So they'd already announced like the the better versions of Street Fighter Six. Well, already had leaked. Um, the better versions of Street Fighter 6 before Street Fighter 6 is even officially announced. But again, this was slated for 2022. Um, so I, I, I think it's long overdue. So I, I'd be expecting this one to to be another one that we see on the day. Easy money. Easy money. Everyone knows what. Even I know what Street Fighter is. Money host <laughs> of a game podcast. Go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Resident Evil 4 remake. I think we can't touch this on um, last week's preview, don't it? Yeah, free money, isn't it? Well, I mean, we know this is coming, but I'm I'm now a little doubtful on whether we'll see it at the showcase, simply because I didn't think they were going to talk about Resident Evil Village. Um, you know, kind of what's next for that, mm. like DLC and this. Sort of, I thought with the game coming out so so recently that they just leave that game to you know for people to play it. And that they'd, they'd look to what's next from Resident Evil, which of course will be Resident Evil 4 Remake. But now I'm starting to doubt that, and I'm thinking maybe do they leave Resident Evil 4 Remake till later in the summer, potentially Tokyo Game Show, and we see it uh, kind of officially announced at that point. And for now, that they just keep the focus on Resident Evil Village, not wanting to kind of scatter shot around. We know they have a million Resident Evil games on the horizon thanks to said list. But I'm not sure that Capcom will want to highlight too many of them at once. So if, if we're getting Resident Evil Village DLC, I think maybe Resident Evil 4 Remake could sit this one out. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, next up, I'm an Omanusha. Yeah. Again, I'm YouTube in the background. So heavy lifting, Cal. So, yeah, Amanusha was a kind of samurai, devil may cry-ish type game. I mean, I, I always kind of associated those two games closely. Um, it is obviously both are, are Capcom games as well, which, which helps. But um, effectively, you're samurai and you kill demons. I played one of the Amanushas back in the PS2 absolutely loved it strange that i never really tried the other titles uh when they released the remake for ps4 a couple of years ago i picked it up but i haven't gotten around to it yet surprise surprise um but people you know really enjoyed the remake and then we're just itching for a new title so it's not surprised that that cap it turned out when we seen this saw the leak that uh capcom were using this to kind of put out the feelers resident evil yeah, the, the, yeah, the, I definitely. It kind of would have come came out around the same time as Resident Evil Four. Um, don't quote me, but I think they might have used the same engine. Um, and there was definitely strong Resident Evil vibes. 
from um Amanusha. Like I I'd like Resident Evil, Amanusha, uh Dino Crisis, which good Christ, I'd love if they announced a new Dino Crisis at this thing. They probably won't, but I'd love Please. it. Or, or even a remake of the first one. But the, all those games kind of borrowed from each other. It always sticks. Particularly, I remember when you'd pick up items, it, it looked virtually the same. <laughs> so that always sticks sticks in, in my mind. Um, so that that's definitely a, a good shout. But again, this one, I believe, was slated in the league for 2022. Maybe they've pushed that back. But if it's coming in 2022, I wouldn't be surprised to see this one. And I'd be really happy to see this one. Megaman? Yeah, what what can we say? A new new Mega Man title. Uh, you'd assume it's going to be Mega Man Twelve. Um, I'm I I enjoy the Mega Man games, but I, I'm not really kind of up to date on on the rumors for for what's next for Mega Man. But it, it's been a while. Uh, Mega Man Eleven was okay. Um, I'm sure there will have been lessons learned there. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, again, it, it, 2022 was the, the leaked date. Again, that could have been pushed back. I, I Given how little has been said about this title, I, I would have felt more would have came out at this point. So I wouldn't be surprised if this one has been pushed back. So this is maybe the one that I'm, I'm least confident in seeing uh, uh, during the showcase. Um, but I'm sure Mega Man fans, we know, we know how, how, uh, passionate here yeah, they'll, they'll be very excited to see this one um but i, I guess i won't ask for your take i seen as you literally earlier on the podcast <laughs> said you weren't a fan of yeah, mega man um any anything else you can think of from the capcom side of things that we, we could potentially see here or or do you think that these titles just about cover the the possibilities it sounds like they have enough and when they start shows at half past that kind of gives me vibes it'll already be half an hour. I may be completely wrong in that, but you know. Um Is this the one this is the one that's partnered with Razor, isn't it? Is it? I know Ra there is a Razor showcase um before it, yeah. I think these are together, so maybe I'm guessing that'll be an hour altogether. So whatever Razor is showing then half an hour of Capcom, I think. What? We, what did we just list there? Four new games or whatever? It's yeah, so the four confirmed titles, and then we, we obviously talked about six potential yeah. titles. I have my doubts over Resident Evil 4 and, and a new so Mega Man title. So Let's say six or seven things if we get some of the possible ones. Yeah, it's I think quite that's a lot in half an hour. Yeah, but you don't need to spend long on Resident Evil Village, as we said. And Monster Hunter stuff kind of sells itself, especially ones coming out in July. There's not really no point in it. Um, so yeah, half an hour cram some stuff in. I I don't think all of it will be there, but I can't really think of anything Capcom's missing out there. No. Um, we'll move on. Um, shall we do? Do you want to do Bandai before we do Nintendo? Because Nintendo's chunky boy. I'm better Bandai. Yeah, so we, we we spoke about Bandai Namco last week because, again, they were one of the partners uh, revealed for Summer Game Fest. And we, we talked about, obviously, that Tales of Arise was a strong possibility, as was potentially Elden Ring. But, uh, you know, Elden Ring, I, I was a little unsure on. Um, 
you know, given just that it's been so quiet on that game for so long. But the fact that Bandai Namco has announced a showcase mm. makes me think that we're seeing a big blowout on Elden Ring. What, what's your take? Yeah, I think pretty much the only reason E3 exists is Elden Ring, seemingly. It's what everyone wants. But yeah, I, I don't know why Bandai would be there. Obviously, Bandai is shitloads of stuff they could show, but Elden Ring is the main one. And not, when was it? Was it 2019? Was it Xboxes? Was it last year? Uh, no, it definitely it wasn't last year. I think it was the year, but I think it was 2019. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 2019. The... It's been but, a while. So, yeah. It's, uh... What do you think of the fact that um, Bandai Namco's showcase is timed at 25 past 10? I think for that reason, it's it's not an actual showcase. I think it's just one reveal for a game, similar to the Battlefield thing today. Um, I, yeah. I think it's just a a, a trailer, five ten minute trailer dropping. Um, and for that reason, I, I think it's just going to be completely focused on Elden Ring. That's some four D chess, and I fucking like it. Let's go. <laughs> I, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean. That's all people want from Bandai is Elden Ring. I'm sure there's other stuff, but Elden Ring's been their their focus for, for everyone's focus for a couple of years now, as we say. So that that makes all the sense in the world. Just to gameplay, CGI stuff, a release date. It'd be it just be. I think it's the best way to highlight a game that has that much hype is just to focus on that one game. It, you, Bandai isn't an Xbox or a Sony. You don't need to show a variety of things. This is just we are Bandai Namco. This is Elden Ring. This is what's his face from Game of Thrones writer dude. I can't remember his bloody name. Um, R.R. Martin. Um, here it is. Here it's coming out twenty twenty two probably because every everything's coming out in twenty twenty two. Um, job done. But yeah, that makes sense. It being on its own definitely makes sense. Unless it's just been absolute fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. This this is it. Maybe there's something we're we're unaware of in, in Japan on, on that night and, and that's true. the reason. But we're really excited uh, for the Euros. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Outside of that though, I, I think there's a reason why it's starting at, at twenty five past and that is uh, that it is launching uh, that it is just a, to to relaunch, let's say, a, a single game. Um, yeah, and that being most likely Elden Ring, because um, I doubt people would be interested in a five-minute showcase on Tales of Arise. I would. <laughs> I don't think many other people. Just, just Carl and twelve so, other people. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think Elden Ring is a safe bet there. But I, I think we talked a, a good bit about Elden Ring last week, so there's not much more to say on that one. So let's move on to the last one and, and potentially the big boy, which is. Of, of them all, which is Nintendo at 5 p.m. on June 15th. Usually they cl- sort of close out E3, but mm. they're not getting to this year because um, Bandai Namco and, and the GameSpot Play for All showcase are, are coming afterwards. 1 0 um, Nintendo, 1 0. <laughs> this is it. But uh, I, I think there's, for me to start, I think there's, there's the first three things I've listed here are, are um, for me nailed on for Nintendo. Uh, firstly, I think it's Dead Rubber is, is Shin Megami Tensei 5, given that they officially 
leaked a November 11th release date for the game on their, their Japanese website, um, Oops, by Atlas. So mm-hmm. uh, we haven't seen this game since it was first revealed um, as part of a previous Direct. Um, so I think this will be a big focus. There tends to be a lot of RPGs at during directs every time, uh, which for me as an RPG fan is always welcome. So long may it continue, Nintendo. But I, I think we'll see we'll see a new trailer for this game, and we'll we'll get official confirmation of the release date that we've already technically had officially confirmed. Um, I know that's not your kind of game, so we'll we'll, we'll jump Japanese. on next. <laughs> this is it. Breath of of the Wild 2. I mean, Nintendo went out of their way to say that they weren't ready to talk about Breath of the Wild 2 um, during the last Direct when they announced the Skyward Sword um, remaster for Switch. But you you have to think. I mean, the the rumors have have long suggested that Breath of the Wild 2 is coming at the end of 2021 and that it'll be kind of the showcase title for the Switch Pro. We know the Switch Pro is supposed to be revealed in the next few days. So, do you, do you feel this one is nailed on? Yeah, I think Nintendo, when they do something at E3, there's usually something big there, and obviously this was, it was only like a 30 second CGI thing at the very end of the last E3 Nintendo thing, if I remember correctly. Why wouldn't you show this? I don't think it'll be coming out this year, as they say, they're not ready for that, but just to show more of it, because people, people know this game, like this is, Outside of Pokemon, this is Nintendo's next big thing. Obviously, we Mario will probably get shown next year or whatever. Um, but Breath of the Wild 2, Breath of the Wild 1 was one of the um, premium... Oh God, that's the wrong word. One of the most best... Christ, I cannot think of words. The best-reviewed games of... It's not even last-gen for, for, um, for Nintendo, but I'll just say last-gen, but... Um, it's probably one of the most hyped games coming in the next couple of years. These last two podcasts have showed the amount of games that are coming out are absolutely hyped. And although I've not played Breath of the Wild because I didn't grow up with Nintendo, I'm not going to jump into a Zelda game. Give up. <laughs> so Breath of the Wild too. If you're Nintendo, this is it for you. I'll play it eventually. I own the, I own it, but it's gathering dust somewhere. Um, did did you play? One, I know you got your Switch later, didn't you? I yeah, um, I still haven't gotten around to it. Um, I technically own two copies of 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 the game, Beautiful. which is is odd because I bought the game and then a friend gave me a loose copy that they they found and they weren't at their workplace and they weren't interested in it. Um, so it's weird. I I actually own the game twice and I still haven't played it. Um, but I I do I do enjoy. Um, Zelda obviously I've played uh, Ocarina of Time in the past didn't complete it though um, Wind Waker and some of the more classic Zelda games so I, I would consider myself a, a Zelda fan but I, I don't religiously play and complete every title um, I mean it, it, it does seem you know Breath of the Wild the first one was obviously the, the showcase title for the Switch even though I suppose technically it was on Wii U as well so it would be fitting that Breath of the Wild 2 would be the, the showcase title for the, the Switch Pro. Um, mm. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, it, it's interesting you, you suggested that, that 
potentially it might not come out till 2022 and i hadn't really considered that you know that the, while the rumors in the past have suggested 2021 maybe because we haven't heard about it yet maybe I, it isn't coming i till don't believe any games coming out in 2021 that's the problem it's it's fair to be skeptical so it would be interesting if it is pushed out because then if you're getting just a, a new console but with no notable first party mm. title. Um, who, who would do that? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Xbox, no, you know all about that yeah, as an Xbox it. fan. So I suppose that's what you would expect yeah. it's your natural Just leave expectation. it to you. It's fine. It's fucking fine. But, yeah, um, yeah no, I mean, I'm fully expecting this this game to be there. And we know, as, as you said, Nintendo E3 the, in recent years tend to have one game that gets the focus and then smaller you know smaller focuses on on you know maybe smaller games or games that are more far flung in the future uh to, to come afterwards so I, I think breath of the wild 2 will be that that big focus um super smash bros ultimate a new fighter i mean that's that's nailed on for every nintendo direct at this point yeah i'm gonna guess it's gonna be what's his name wario the one who's not in it, and everyone bitches he's not in it. Wow, Luigi. That's the one. I don't see. I don't do Nintendo outside of Pokemon. Yeah. This is why I'm useless at this bit. Uh, I can I can bullshit Sony. I can do Xbox fine, but Nintendo I struggle. Now, but, yeah. Th- this is the second to last fighter, so oh. you know, that that's been confirmed. So there's going to be two more fighters. It's be very interesting. I I think with the last two, they need to go big. I mean, people aren't going to accept a Fire Emblem or a Xenoblade Chronicles character. Who are they they all the same people? (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to go down well. This has to be something big. Um, I mean, we've had different rumors in the past, like like Crash Bandicoot and... um, uh, but he'd probably be the, the biggest, to be fair. Do you, do you think something like that is too ambitious, or, or could you see Crash making his way to, to Super Smash Bros.? It makes sense, because obviously, so, uh, not Sony, um, who the fuck makes Sony now? Activision. Activision, Christ. Obviously, they're uh, re- re- revamping Crash with, with rem- uh, remasters, and, um, and uh, Crash 4 came out. Uh, last summer was it? Um, I think it was and obviously they've got a phone game and stuff like that so it probably makes sense from a marketing point of view Crash would probably fit in better than Spyro you'd probably think Um, so why not? I think Crash makes sense they've kind of got their Xbox guy with uh, Banjo-Kazooie haven't they from Rare I always say Master Chief because why not Um. Mm, I think Crash does make sense. But at the same time, when we were speculating about this last time, Sephiroth came out of nowhere, so fuck knows, fuck knows really. <laughs> There's people who track this who were so surprised about Sephiroth, so me, who's played, I played, I've enjoyed uh, Smash Bros, but it's not something I track really, but yeah, I think it could be anyone, but Crash does make sense from both parties, I think. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it, for me, it'd be really cool if we seen both Spy, um, Crash and Spyro, because then you'd have like Crash, Spyro, Mario, and Sonic all in Super Smash Bros. Which I think they're kind of like the four biggest Crash Bandicoot platform mas- mascots. 
I see. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. We need. There'll be other ones. There'll be other. There'll be other clone games that we can put in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, oh, obviously, they'll, they'll, I'm sure there'll be a, another Super Smash Bros. game down the yeah. down the line that will will bring even more characters. Um, the rest of the games I've listed are, are kind of more guesses, really. Uh, although one of them, I, I there's been a lot of rumors about, which is a new Donkey Kong title. Mm. Um, so uh, you know, kind of the the in the the Donkey Kong Country uh, style. Um, it's been a while. I think the last one was. Tropical Freeze, I mm. want to say, back back on the the Wii U. So, um, I, I think it's it's overdue, and I I I'd certainly believe uh, that rumor. And um, I've always enjoyed the Donkey Kong Country games. I mean, it's a they're, they're one of the strongest series when it, it comes to to two D platformers. Um, so the, I I i I wouldn't say i'm I'm convinced we'll we'll see this but i i'd um I wouldn't be surprised at all yeah yeah I think it may extend i mean we when you say we you that's a fucking long time ago and that's on a console that wasn't very successful so does that even count as a donkey Kong title um so yeah it's been a long time. Let's just get Diddy Kong Racing going, why not? <laughs> why not? I'm all for races, let's go. Um, but yeah, it makes sense. I think the only thing is if they're announcing something like that, how how big is Donkey Kong? It must be, what, secondary or third tier title, you'd think? Because Breath of the Wild is obviously the main one. Yeah, I, I think really for... For uh, Nintendo, it's it's Mario, it's Mario Kart, it's Super Smash Bros, and it's Zelda are kind of the the top tier, and and everything else comes probably a couple steps down. I mean, we'll we'll talk about another one of those series in a moment. Um, but yeah, the, the, you know, the, this isn't uh, a system seller by by any means. Mm. Uh, Donkey Kong, I think it's just one of those supplementary first party yeah. titles that that Nintendo kind of give to, to keep their fans happy um speaking of uh nintendo first party and and this is one that we already know is coming it was uh, revealed at the last direct um it's coming out in 2022 is splatoon 3 i'd have my doubts that we'll see it at the direct though because i, I think it's not coming till till next year i think it's mm-hmm. supposed to be the latter half of next year so i think this would make a lot more sense given that to to, to have it at uh next e3 yeah, absolutely. I think Nintendo don't rate. I think you get the odd one where they show quite a lot of third party, but in terms of first party stuff, I don't think they ram loads of stuff in. So if Breath of the Wild is going to be there, is Shin Megami first party? No, no, no. no. That's Atlas, obviously. Right, okay. Um. So Breath of the Wild, if. Super, well, that's just a character, isn't it? So that's not really big. But if Splatoon's late next year, I think they tend to do a Nintendo, a smaller one, don't they? They'll probably put Pokemon and then a Nintendo Direct next to each other and show stuff coming out next year. Um, Donkey Kong. I, I think Donkey Kong will probably be there more over Splatoon. Because Splatoon's Splatoon. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. I think you're going to see from the Nintendo First Party 2 
maybe three maximum games uh, from their first party. So I think Predator Wild 2 and Donkey Kong seem uh, very probable. So it'll be really one more after that. And, you know, they're, they're one more after that. Would they want more of a, mm-hmm. a kind of, a, you know, something new and, and something big? Um, so for that reason, I, I don't think Splatoon 3 makes sense with the, the, the potential release window for that game. Um, speaking of big announcements, now, not not in the sense that, as we, we said, that there's four series that are, are kind of the upper echelon for Nintendo and everything else comes at least a couple steps behind. But a game series that certainly has a cult following, um, which is Metroid Prime um, 4, uh, like the, the Metroid Prime series and the fourth entry, which bizarrely, you know, we obviously it, it got announced a long time ago. And then it seemed to get scrapped because apparently the developers were doing an awful job and it got moved to a different developer and restarted and they've gone quiet on it ever since. Do you think we'll finally see this one re-revealed? Maybe we, maybe we just get the uh, logo again. <laughs> um, no, I think... Well, maybe, maybe, again, something small. Like, well, not small, but how, how they showed Breath of the Wild to the last time with like a, a small CGI thing and then a, a, pretty much a text update or a voiceover update. I, t- I don't think it'll be there in any big fashion, as we say. I don't I think maybe just well, this is going to sound stupid, maybe more of a developer update type thing than like a, a release sell, selling a game type thing, if that makes sense. Just co- Just confirming this game exists. Pretty much, and it's the eight free work of it is going on track. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I think given given how, it, as we said, it was moved from a different developer, and they've gone quiet completely since. I think people would would take just like kind of a, a developer, you know, someone from the studio coming out saying, "Hey, we're working on this game now. We're really excited. You know, we'll have more to share in the future." That that kind of thing could could make a Big waves, and especially if they were to couple it with some other kind of Metroids announcement, maybe maybe a, a Metroid Prime collection, which there has been rumors of the first three games coming to Switch, potentially that, or potentially a new 2D Metroid game that obviously another studio could be working on. Um, I think there's definitely a way to, to package that. Now... Metro Prime, unfortunately for Nintendo, and obviously the, the Switch is doing gangbusters, it's, it's, it's not a blunder in any sense, but there are a couple of troubled titles, and uh, along with Metroid Prime 4, possibly the other most notable one is, is Bayonetta 3. We talked about Platinum Games earlier when I was talking about how happy I am that Babylon Fall is coming mm. back. Is it time for two troubled Platinum Games projects to resurface. Could <laughs> could we see Bayonetta three make an appearance at, at this uh, direct? I, I don't see why. No, I think Bayonetta. When was Bayonetta two? Must have been fucking long time ago. Back in the Wii U. Yeah, almost what seven, six, seven years ago. Probably. Bayonetta two came out on the twenty fourteen. Yes, okay. and then it was ported to the Switch in 2018. So it's been a while. 
Yeah, so even even then, it's three years since the report. So <laughs> makes sense to show it. I'm not again. Twenty twenty one. I just don't trust games to come out now. So I think it depends how long. When's what's a day? We like what's the time? It's got five. So it could be. I probably say it's an hour. If it's not half past, I think it'll be an hour. So I feel an hour. I could see it there. Maybe not a huge amount of details, but again, when a game's been troubled, like quite a lot of these are we talked about, I could just see more than a developer update on this one, I think. I think a bit of footage, maybe say 2022. And then, it's funny, because when you say Nintendo, you don't really, nowadays you probably don't count Pokemon, because they, they do their own directs and stuff like that. So when they're filling their own shows, Say if it's Splatoon 3 and Bayonetta 3 next year. And then if there's a Mario thing or Metroid or whatever. That probably makes more sense. Whereas this you get Breath of the Wild 2, Donkey Kong, whatever. That probably makes sense to me. The show bits, but not a release bit. Yeah. Um, no, that, that that could be similar. Just, just to kind of let you know it's, it's still there. Um... I, I, like it wouldn't surprise me because I I do think that platinum games are kind of back on track. I think when you look back to 2019, 2018, 2019, they had a lot of projects on the go. They had uh, you know they were working on two Switch games with with Astral Chain, which obviously did come out in twenty nineteen, and Bayonetta three in the works. Um, you you had uh, the you, they were working on a mobile game, World of Demons. Um, they were working on Soul Cresta, which I think still isn't out yet. I think it's coming out later this year. Working on Babylon's Fall for for PlayStation and Windows. They were working on Grand Blue Fancy Relink, which was taken back internally by Psy Games. Because, and then obviously it's not Scalebound was only cancelled the year before, so they had so many different projects, and I, I think they were kind of scattering themselves to too far they're spreading themselves too thin and that's that's why we inevitably seen some some products suffer but now they seem a bit more focused they have just the three projects on the go now i think it's project gg bayonetta 3 and babylon's fall so um it, it wouldn't surprise me now that babylon's fall is re-emerging to, to cbn bayonetta 3 um re-emerge as well and, and hopefully we'll see a much more focused um, platinum, and we'll, we'll see them get back to their best. Because as I said, back in the day when they launched back in two thousand nine, I mean they released three game, three games in two thousand nine: Mad World, Infinite Space, and Bayonetta, and Vanquish just one year later, and all four games were class, like top class. After that, that you know there was. There was uh, more more mixed results, let's say, um, but nonetheless, like th- those four games um, were were top class, and it'd be great to see Platinum get back to that kind of consistency and, and that level. Which actually, looking at Platinum games r- reminds me just to, to sidetrack from Nintendo for a moment. Um, there are rumors that uh, another Platinum Games product, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, is, is making some form of of return. 
uh, to to modern consoles and, and that Konami could be announcing that at E3. Um, I don't think we talked about that last year, last week, but at least it's not zombies. Bit of survival, whatever the fuck it was called, why not? Why not? Yeah, no, yeah. we don't want any more Metal Gear we Survival. Do. We do. Uh, uh, hopefully if this game is happening, I, I, I don't want it to be Platinum Games because that would go completely against what I've just said I want them <laughs> to do, which is focus. But I hope it's a, a competent team that are, are capable of doing uh, Platinum Games justice. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see see that one at all. Um, one last one I had listed here, which I'm I'm... What I'm going to predict is going to happen. You know, I have no information to, to back that up, but I know a lot of fans of the, the franchise have expectations, which is Xenoblade Chronicles X, which was previously exclusive to the Wii U. I'm expecting we get a, a Switch version. I mean, the original Xenoblade Chronicles has since come to Switch. That was originally on the Wii a lot of Wii U games have come to, to Switch. I think the the only two that haven't are this and Star Fox, the most recent Star Fox, which um, was also a Platinum Games developed, uh, Star Fox Zero uh, on the, the Wii U. And I think both of them will, at some stage, make their way to um, the Switch. And I, I think you kind of got to do it sooner rather than later so i'm making the prediction and i i I gather a few other people have a similar prediction that xenoblade chronicles x will be showcased at at this um directed all but we again we know that's not a a guy game so we we won't dwell there any anything at all else for you guy that that you could see uh being at the nintendo direct just throw a pokemon in and on there (laughs) it won't be but yeah um no, I can't really think of anything else there. I mean, Mario teaser would be too out the blue, I think. Luigi had thingy last year, was it? Or two years ago? Um, I can't think of anything else, really. Unless they do just throw Pokemon in there, but what, an hour long show? We seem, I think we filled, I think what we've discussed easily fills an hour without throwing Pokemon in there. As I said earlier, Pokemon Direct do their own do their own thing, don't they? So, yeah, I think I think we've pretty much covered it off the stuff. Well, the the little I know of Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's uh it's well covered. You know, as always, there'll be a lot of smaller titles, largely um Japanese focused, which because you know they they know their audience Nintendo for the Switch. Um, but it, it's difficult for us to to speculate on on those. Yeah. Um, maybe I suppose Project Triangle Strategy just just wanted to bring that one up for just simply for the name. You know what a, what a great title. Maybe mm. that that'll show here again rather than that uh, Square Enix's showcase. Mm. Um, but but outside that, it's it's difficult to say. Um, and I, I, that that just about covers all the. The, the showcases that we know of for E3, there's, there's still room for another one or two to be announced. We know uh, THQ Nordic hinted they might do something. Um, and while PlayStation 
isn't part of E3, I'm sure they will do something this summer. Um, but we'll we'll obviously yeah. preview and and review that when when the time comes. Um, but for now, all we gotta do is just wait to watch these things, and then I'm sure we'll be reviewing it over the next couple of shows. Yep, and that's it, Carl. We promised a shorter show, so we obviously did a longer one than our preview last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's what we do. It's what standard we do. stuff. So, I mean, when we review E3, it's going to be a really short show. Uh, just the three hours, I presume. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's it, people. I'm not even going to ask Carl what he's been playing because we simply don't have time. Um, and I know he's been busy. So, yeah, that is it. Again, too long a show, but who gives a toss? It's summer. It's hot. You'll be walking about. you got something to listen to. Uh, you don't have too long to listen to it, but hopefully... Can listen uh, before the shows, but thank you everyone for listening, especially to both shows. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.